The Alpha Sessions. Hello everybody and welcome to this week's Alpha Sessions. I'm Lucy Rowe and today we have the absolute pleasure of introducing Chibundu. Yay! <laughs> welcome to the studio, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How have you enjoyed your first Alpha Sessions experience so far? I really enjoyed it actually. I like singing live, I'm always looking for yeah places to sing live so yeah I'm enjoying myself. Is this your first ever radio musical introduction? Ooh, that's a very good point. No this is not the first this is the first time I have sung oh no I've sung back up on radio for someone live yeah for my sister my sister is also a singer so interesting yes I sang back up for her but this is the first time as a lead singer I'm singing live on radio I think. Exciting. Well, we like exclusives, so I'm yes. going to take that. I'm take gonna, it. No bloodlines, we're having that one. Um, <laughs> so you're a very creative person, you're a very active artist in many ways, and if anybody doesn't know you yet, and they're first coming across you here, you've been a writer for a while, you've released many books. I don't know if released, I always say released because of music. Yeah, but released, published, published three, written. Yes. Um, you put on your own stage performance yes. about your own life. Correct. Um, done all sorts. You've been on BBC News, I saw a few videos of those. Um, but we're here to talk about your career as a musician. Correct. Which started, um, I mean, it's up to you when it started, but your first release was a while now, 2021? or 2020? Is that, That's a while in the music industry. It, that's like just yesterday for me. It, it does feel like yesterday. but um, <laughs> Yeah, I think it was 2021, two years ago. Wow, that's a while, yeah. I guess. Okay. <laughs> How was that first release for you? That was Good Soil, right? Yes, Good Soil. Um, which is actually a partner song to a book. Yes. You wrote. Yeah, so it's kind of like the book soundtrack for my third novel, Sankofa. Um, and it was my friend who gave me the idea. Um, and he was just like, you should release a single with your next book. Um, and so yes, I put them out together. And it was actually supposed to be a one-off. And it was like, right, I've always wanted to release some music. I've released this single. And then I enjoyed it so much that I was mm-hmm. like, I want to keep doing this. Um, yeah. I think more books should have soundtracks. Correct. That feels like a natural combination. Yes. To be honest. And I reckon there are lots of authors out there who are also musicians, but they don't show it. No, so apparently Zadie Smith sings. Ah. Um, so shout out Zadie's agent. Get in touch. <laughs> Let's uh, do a literary oh, yeah. collaboration. Yes. Who's Meg the Stallion? Who's Beyonce? It's Zadie Smith and Chibundu. Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> you heard it here first. Yeah, you heard it on Alpha Sessions. Exclusive. And Kazo Ishiguro as well used to oh, play in really? a band. Yes. I don't know if he sings, but he definitely used to play in a band. So. Yeah. And what was it that held you back from making music, becoming a writer instead? Because mm-hmm. music's always been in your life, mm-hmm. I'm assuming. So why was it that you didn't first pursue that as a career? Yes, yeah, a good question. So like, I grew up in a very musical household went to church, we used to have morning devotion every morning and, you know, we'd sing from hymn books and, you know, I've always been in the choir, all that sort of stuff. And when I was 16, I was the runner-up in a national singing competition called J Factor. So it was a gospel singing, the J is for Jesus, of course, the Jesus Factor. (laughs) And I had the Jesus Factor and I came second. Um, I came runner-up. And I actually got a lot of... um, interest from like I didn't work scouts or A&R people or whatever mm. and these people at a record label I was 16 at the time they were like yeah you should you come in we're interested in like signing you so my dad and I kind of traipsed over so at this point my parents live in Nigeria mm-hmm. and so I was here but in boarding school so my parents happened to be in the country but they didn't live here 
So my dad and I, who know nothing about the music industry, <laughs> we traipsed along to this studio in Ladbroke Grove and we met all these people. And oh, we think your daughter is super talented. We want to sign her. This is my <laughs> this is my record wow. label voice. <laughs> and so like I sang a song for them live and they're like, yeah, we want to sign her. And so the next step was for me to come down to London and record all the songs I've written in some sort of pre-recording. Mm. And there would we would, I guess, pick which one we thought would be ready for release. And after we had this meeting, my dad is a really spiritual person. Um, and he's also very Nigerian. <laughs> he just sent me a text and was like, I don't think you should go ahead with this. Stay in school. And when the time for this is ripe, it will happen. But this is not the right time. I mean, Nigerian parents and stay in school, that's like five and six. So, yeah, <laughs> stay in school. But also, I do think he was right. Now, I mean, of course, at the time, I was like, you're thwarting my dreams. You're thwarting my dreams. But I do think he was right um, because I was 16. Mm-hmm. My parents didn't live in the country. And everybody, it was the strangest thing. Everybody we met in that studio was a man. Now, mm. what we hear about the Me Too movement and all of that, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with those men. I don't, I don't know them from anywhere. But that's not the environment for a 16-year-old girl whose parents are not around. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not the best place. And I think that was some of what he was sensing, that mm-hmm. like this is a bit too adult for you and we're not here to supervise and make sure, like, you know. And I think, especially when you're young, if you don't know who you are, the music industry is not him. Like the place for you to go mm. into because then people will say oh you should dress like this mm-hmm. oh you should sound like this and i mean i always joke like you know like i i wear my own clothes you know nobody's going to tell me like you need to do this to be successful and I'm, I'm just not interested in that and i feel like knowing yourself so i mean you know it would have been nice to be i mean taylor swift or whoever but you know but at the same time do you think going through that process mm-hmm. up to that point to find what kind of person you grew into now and, and coming back to music if you'd never gone through that process and got to that point where you were deciding should I do this should I not mm. do you think it was an important process to be a part of yes it was because it made me think like oh I'm good mm. I didn't expect to be runner up in the Jesus Factor I didn't even expect to make the final 10 to be honest so like when I made the final 10 it was like okay mm. I'm a single let me start adjusting my clothes um, and so it was always kind of there at the back. But then also I got really signed. I, I got signed really young. So um, I got my publishing deal when I was 19, mm-hmm. uh, which is not that long after. It was just three years after. Mm-hmm. And so then it sort of seemed like this door and this route had opened up for me. And I published my first book and then I published my second book and my third book. Mm-hmm. And it was like, OK, this is like me traveling down this path. And to be honest, if not for the pandemic, I probably wouldn't have started releasing music. I think the pandemic gave me the time to stop and think and actually start writing songs again. Mm. Um, so my first single was written for Sankofa, but my third single was a song that I've started probably like a decade ago. So I have all these fragments of songs that have been floating mm. around. Um, so I think, yeah, the pandemic helped me to explore that side of mm. my creative practice. Mm. What is your process like first? You say you have fragments, which Mm. I think some writers do things from fresh Mm -hmm. straight away and they they leave old things behind. And Mm -hmm. some people tend to jump back a lot. Do you have like a whole backlog of things just sort of waiting there, like little ideas you haven't developed that you go back to? Yes, it's a mix. I have ideas I haven't developed. And I also have things that are from scratch. So Good Soil was from scratch. Mm. And 
Coming Home, my first single was from scratch. Heartbreaker is old. And actually, there was a period, I still have a lot of old songs that I feel, I think I've changed my mind now. But when I first started with my music, I didn't want to release them because I thought, these are so good. Like, I have to save them. I don't know what I was saving them for, but I have to save them because these these are so good. And, like, I realized that I was operating from, like, a scarcity mindset. Mm -hmm. So, like, I believe that, like, you know, I'm a Christian, that my creativity comes from God. This is something God has put in me. And because I have access to God, who I believe is infinite, then my creativity cannot run out. So, like, this idea that I have to hoard my best stuff. And actually, now I go back to those songs and I'm like, they're not even that good. I'm writing better stuff mm-hmm. now. So who knows if I will ever, who knows if I will ever release them? Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, there was definitely that, um, you know, mm-hmm. hoarding of the, of the good source. <laughs> Does your faith play into your songwriting as well, as in the content? So Mm. it plays into how you make decisions or how Mm -hmm. you feel about your music and your creativity, but does it also come into the actual content of the music? It does, kind of. So so let me back to you. My husband doesn't like me saying this. I'm just like, he's my muse. He's like, please, (laughs) just leave me out. Leave me out of that. Um, (laughs) But um, so let me back to you on one level is about just kind of like romantic relationships and Mm. how... Um, Because I've known my husband for a long time before we actually started dating. And so there's that sort of feeling of all the broken relationships beforehand Mm -hmm. led me back to you. Even though you were there, it's sort of, it didn't didn't happen immediately. But eventually, Mm. I was led back to you. But then at the same time, on another level, it's also the story of the prodigal son in the Bible. And how, again, if you know the story, the prodigal son abandons his family, abandons his father, goes off and has a life of debauchery and all of that and then decides that actually I want to come home and again that story of the broken road leading him back Mm. to his father and his father welcoming him and like in the it's a parable and it's human beings when Jesus is telling the story but sort of the father is God um so I think it's it's a song that works on two levels so like there are books in the bible like that so songs of Solomon is like a man talking to his wife but then also some people read it as God talking talking to the church, his bride. So it's, it's like on two levels, it's about me personally, but mm. there's also like a backing spiritual kind mm-hmm. of That's thing. Nice. I'm not one of those people who has life planned out. I take things day by day and try to figure it out. Sometimes my life may look a mess But trust me, darling, I'm just doing my best I didn't go in a straight line But trust me, I'll still get what's mine The broken the nights I cried, how did I get things so wrong and end up where I belong? I ran away, I lost my way. See, it led me back to
I've been left behind. I want to start over. I want to press rewind. But if I did, where would we be? This crooked journey has led to Alpha Sessions. It's very interesting. It's unique, I think, um, especially on Alpha Sessions. I feel like we haven't, I've never had a discussion with somebody about faith before. So That's good. Number two in the Jesus Factor. Yeah. <laughs> Number two. Exactly. It, it's always going to be with you. It's always going to be in there. Um, tell me more about making Let Me Back to You, the process, like mm. recording, the studio time. Mm. Do you work with the same people or producers that you know very well? So for my first three singles, I worked with the same producer, fantastic guy called Fez, really good friend. Um, but Fez um, also obviously worked with lots of other artists. So he didn't quite have space in his schedule to mm. fit just one song in, which kind of makes sense if you're producing a whole album for another mm. artist. So I hit up my good friend, Vincenzo Capodivento. He's Italian. Mm. I hope I said that right. We just call him Vinny, but I just thought I should give him <laughs> his full name, his government name here. I don't know why. Anyways, um, and so I hit on Vinny. So Vinny usually plays the guitar for me. And I think both of us are at a similar stage. So he's quite an accomplished guitarist and bass guitarist. And so he plays for a lot of artists um, mm. and gigs and all of that. Some fairly well-known but he's not yet known as a producer. Mm -hmm. So he's trying to break into the producing side of right. music. And I'm just trying to break into music at all. <laughs> so it's kind of like, I know I've made a career as a writer, but then sort of trying to get into this music gig. How does all this stuff work? Mm -hmm. um, so we got together. He has a studio in his house and like, you know, bare bones, like, you know, like the insulation is like, Vinny, I'm not trying to, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not trying to expose you, but it's like blankets for like soundproofing, you know, like, very rustic, actually. Mm -hmm. I don't want to... Not not raw, rustic. You know, character. character. Exactly, exactly. But it was fun. It was like a fun process. And also because, like, 
I spent so much money on the first three songs mm. and have not seen a, a penny. Actually, no, I think I've made thirty pounds. Hey, <laughs> hey, that's not bad. Oh, 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 thank, oh, thank you. <laughs> um, so I was like, I don't want to spend that much money. So my first three tracks, I hired um, a keyboardist as well. Mm. That was sort of in the package of pianist. Um, but I also I played the piano, but I didn't really think of myself as like a session musician. Mm. But it was like, girl. You're going to have to become a session musician because we're not paying any <laughs> session musicians. So I played the piano in this song. I actually kind of, I mean, I don't know how much how Vinny would, how much Vinny would agree with this, but I think I was kind of like a junior producer. So like I came up with some of the motifs that you hear because it was just like, it's just two of us. We, we're, mm. we're not hiring anybody else. So we're going to have to figure this out ourselves. But it was, it was fun, actually. Mm. Yeah, it was kind of fun. I think those processes are often the nicer ones, the <laughs> nice experiences when they're really intimate and mm-hmm. they're sort of just a lot more laid back. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was for the latest single, mm-hmm. Let Me Back to You. So talk me through Good Soil mm-hmm. now, which was the second song you played for us today. Yes. Um, so this is, as we mentioned earlier, the partner song to Sankofa. Yes. And... How was this creating this song as a process in different? Mm. um, I mean, so all my songs I write on piano. So like all of them sort of started with me, you know, playing around with chords and then sort of singing on top. But Good Soil, I wrote in the aftermath of Chadwick Boseman's death. So I think that really like sort of triggered something in me. Mm. Um, So that was during the pandemic again, sort of being home alone. And I was watching all these videos about... Chadwick Boseman and how much he'd meant to the black community, to the African diaspora, and obviously with Black Panther, not just Black Panther, the films he chose to act in mm. and all of that. And I guess I was really moved by it. And then also my novel Sankofa had the themes of like identity and heritage and all of that. And so the lyrics of Good Soil sort of came out of that, you know, my roots run deeper than your untruths. Mm. This tree grows tall, it's planted in good soil. And I mean, we shot the music video with like my nieces and nephews are in it and like, you know, they're growing up in this context and I want them to know that no matter what they hear, sort of like externally, like, you know, you're from good soil. So like, you know, because people can project so much on you in this context when you're black and just to know that. And so like the lyrics are, are true. So the first line is, in my father's city, there's a green street sign with my father's name on it. There is a street in Lagos <laughs> named after my dad. Like, it's true. And like, this is what I want my nieces and nephews, I guess their grandfather, to know in this context that you're from good soil, you're from greatness, you're from people that have achieved things, that have been brave, that have been entrepreneurs, that have been um, people of integrity. Um, so yes, that's why I, I, wrote, I wrote it, that song. Mm. Yeah, Tell fun. me more about the music video, because I've seen it. It's it's a lovely, really nice, like, aesthetically pleasing video. Cause, I'm good. I mean, also, I, I want to touch now on this outfit. If, you can't, if you're only <laughs> listening to this, I love the top so thank much. You, thank but your you. outfits in the video are kind of similar, very vibrant, very colourful. Thank you. Um, is that something that's important to you as well when you're doing visual stuff? So mm. for this video in particular, mm-hmm. did you have a lot of time to think about the way everything looked or the colours or was it very natural did it all just come together mm, no I mean no I, w- I will plan an outfit like when I go to, even before I know what song I'm singing I'm like what's my outfit I like <laughs> clothes you know I mean you can you need to look at me you know I like clothes um, but um, for the video um, so very graciously we got the venue for free so it was in um, a gallery the Kristen Harehead gallery in London Bridge mm. and they just happened to have a Nigerian artist 
who was showing at the time, Gerald Chukuma. So his artwork is what you see in the background of the video. And like, I wanted it to be vibrant, colorful. And basically everybody in that video is friends, family, and then acquaintances that I just bothered until <laughs> they agreed to be in the video. So like um, Christina Hurugu, who's like um, an Olympian and like a British sort of athlete who's won a gold medal. I'd never actually met her before she was in the video, but we were on a Zoom panel together and I very cheekily <laughs> stole her email from the group email. And I was like, hi, Christine, please, can you be in my music video? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I just gathered my friends, my family. Eddie Caddy was in here. We've, we've, he's like a radio DJ um, and also like a comedian. Um, yeah, just go, and everybody else is related to me or acquaintances. Mm. And yeah, I wanted it to look good and like, so, like, my brief for what people should wear, I was just like, you know, come correct, come looking, you know, good. And, you know, they showed up, you know, they, they look good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a great video. And, I, I mean, it just looks professional as well. So, for something that is, it feels like a more of a full package. Um, we talked about PR earlier. Mm. And in this respect, though, did you find releasing Good Soil, having it as a partner song must have helped to have that bit of a boost yes, to yes, match it. But how was the actual, like, the social process of releasing it and getting any kind of an audience together mm. was that a struggle um so i mean first of all i didn't even know what pr was this is how little i know about this whole music industry so i remember one of the people one of literally there were like 40 people on the call sheet one of the my friends who had asked to be part of the video he was asking me because he kind of works more in media he was like so you know what pr are you going to do for the song and i was like well, I, i'm gonna put it on instagram <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, uh, okay, like, I didn't even know, like, there are people that that's what they do, like, mm -hmm. radio pluggers or plug into here, there, and the other. Um, and so fortunately for me, Sankofa did do quite well, especially in America. So I was selected for something called the Reese Witherspoon Book Club. Mm -hmm. And I think I either Reese Witherspoon posted it on her page or she posted it on the book club page. Either way, so that sort of helped to sort of spread on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And then also, it was in a film, so in in Nigeria, so like a Nollywood series that was on Netflix. And then that helped with streams as well. So mm. it was in just for like five seconds or mm. 10 seconds. But then they made it, This the show did really well. It was called Far From Home. And then they made a playlist of all the songs that were mm. in the TV series. And so that helped give it a boost on like Spotify. Mm -hmm. um, and I think yeah, it being attached to the book has helped because it's rare to have a book that has a single attached to it. Mm. And it's rare to have a singer who's also like a published author. So I've really tried to milk all the publicity <laughs> I can have yeah. of my rarity. I'm like, I'm like a phoenix, people. I'm like a dragon. I'm the last dinosaur. <laughs> okay, I don't want to be the last dinosaur. Okay, I'm the first dinosaur. <laughs> Strength in my 
sessions so in terms of social media mm-hmm. is how do you feel about it and we've already talked about instagram a little bit mm-hmm. we haven't yet talked about tiktok because mm-hmm. there's a whole world oh. um and i do like talking about that but um when you released good soil mm-hmm. how was the whole um playlisting process and getting it onto as many platforms as you could did you do it all by hand did you get response from social media because your following is already quite good mm-hmm. because of being a writer mm-hmm. but did the people that follow you translate did they listen to the music and enjoy it did you get messages or are they quite separate worlds i mean i don't think they're separate like people come to my music via instagram and via social media so like i'm i'm an independent artist i just 
put the music up on something called Just Your Kid. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I just sort of distributed there. And like, I think I've, I've stopped calling myself an unsigned artist and I've started calling mm. myself an independent artist mm-hmm. because I think unsigned makes me focus on all the things I don't have. Like, yeah. I don't have the budget, I don't have this, I don't have the that. Whereas when I think of myself as independent, it's like, no, actually, I'm independent. You know, like, I'm an entrepreneur. <laughs> mm. I'm my one man record, record company. So it sort of like just helps me shift my shift the narrative mm-hmm. um and yeah just try and get it out i mean social media everyone told me oh you need to be on tiktok tiktok is mm-hmm. where the singers are tiktok 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 oh my gosh um eventually i have signed up for tiktok i don't know how it works like i just post videos on there as i mm-hmm. said i have 11 followers 11 committed nice. i'm sure followers but um yeah i guess i'm still trying to figure it out one thing i just try to tell myself is not to put too much pressure on myself yeah. i'm doing this because it's something fun I, mm. I sort of have to keep reminding myself that like hopefully it becomes a proper job but it's not yet just a, it's not yet a proper job it's something fun so don't like mm. suck the fun out of it by trying to be like i should be here i should be here i need to have done this mm. um and just be like grateful for like whatever you have mm. I think that's something that can happen in any creative industry always looking over your shoulder you know who mm. has this who has that and so um, I think I post, I posted a video on TikTok um, I, I spent so long making them it takes so long to edit they these things so you know and I and I got it I had 205 views and I was like this was supposed to be the one that goes viral what's going on mm. And then I just felt the Holy Spirit say to me that, like, be thankful for what you have. Mm. Be thankful for even those 205 views. It's mm. Because if you don't learn how to be thankful, it's never going to be enough. You're just going to be an insatiable hole of discontent. When you have 10 million views, you're going to be like, why? Somebody else has 50 million. When you mm. have 50 million, somebody else has a billion. Mm. And so on and so forth. And so, like, sort of just learning to enjoy the journey. Mm-hmm. And like, all these things are cliches but they're cliches for a reason (laughs) yeah i think it's always important to remember that there are people below where you are in terms Mm -hmm. of their numbers looking up to you thinking wow that's like that's success Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because it is easy to get in your head and think like the people above you are Mm -hmm. like oh why am i not there Mm -hmm. but you're you know you achieve so much and you don't even see it sometimes so it's definitely important to feel that but i mean you've got a lot going for you achieved a lot already tell me lucy tell, i'm listening <laughs> the queen, i'm listening the queen. <laughs> um i mean speaking of you've been on bbc news which is another very exclusive thing mm-hmm. i feel it's not something that i talk about regularly with people um i watched these performances mm-hmm. where you had a little chat and then you sang a song mm-hmm. and, you had back, and it just how was that experience performing on bbc mm. i mean it's, I mean, it's great, like, performing on... So the, I was on Sunday Morning Live for my second mm. um, single, Coming Home, and, like, it was just very exciting. But, you see, the thing with this music industry is that, you know, something like that happens, and you're like, this is it. Yeah. I'm going to the Grammys, everybody, pack your bag. And then you, you go back to your house, and you're like, but my phone is not ringing. What's, what didn't they see me on the BBC? <laughs> like, it's not this sort of like magic microwave thing. And this is the thing about yeah. enjoying the journey or else you're always going to be feeling frustrated. Like, enjoy the good things that happen mm. and then you keep going. Um, and so definitely what I found, um, speaking honestly, is that yes, with my books, I've had all sorts of press. There isn't like a media outlet in this country I haven't been on. I've been mm. on the one show. I've every, everything. 
but then the tra- I so like when I came out with my music, I was like, okay, um, okay, I haven't been on Graham Norton. I was like, Graham, come on, Graham, <laughs> wh- where's my booking? But like, it hasn't translated like that. And it's for me to say, you know what? That's fine. Just mm. keep putting in the work, keep putting your music out there, and you know, leave the rest to God. That's just something that I am working on learning. That you do what is in your control. There's one of my favorite scriptures. It says, "You prepare the horse in the day of battle." but the battle belongs to the Lord. And it's this idea that you do what you need to do, you do the preparation, and then you leave the outcome um, because you're not in control of that. Um, mm. So yes. Mm. You seem very composed and very focused. <laughs> but, um, where can we see you live? Have you got any live music booked, live gigs, or is that something you're looking to do more of? Um, so again, this whole thing of how does this music industry work? In, so in our conversation before this, Lucy was giving me some tips on how to get sort of live gigs. Um, so like somebody told me, oh, booking agents. So like I emailed a ton of booking agents and um, none of them have responded to my emails. That's also very mm-hmm. common in this industry. It's, it's fine. Like I, I'm not bothered by it at all. Um, and so after sort of trying this with the first two singles I was just like why don't you do a show for yourself why you know why are you you know looking for who to put you on if they're not giving you space you know, do your own show so in February this year I rented out a theater like a small one like 60 seater for three nights and then I did three shows I booked a band so did the promo for the tickets on Instagram on social media this one and the other and it was it was it was pretty good so the Saturday sold out Friday Kind almost sold out, and then the Thursday, no. So I, hmm. I shouldn't have done three nights. You could, you sort of learn in the journey. So yeah, Friday and Saturday would have been enough. Um, and I loved it. I enjoyed it. I really like performing live, but it was a lot of work. Oh mm. my goodness, to do a show by yourself from booking the venue to doing the promo to so. booking the room for the band to rehearse. To da, 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 da. It was a lot. Um, so I was like, okay, I want to sing live, but I want someone else to do all the organizing. <laughs> So I am still trying to figure that out. But yes, hopefully. Thank you guys for letting me come come here. Like, this is like a big deal for me in that, um, you know, I sent you guys a DM, you listen to my music and you say, yeah, come on our show. I was like, wow, I'm now doing my own PR. I'm an independent, I'm an entrepreneur, <laughs> I'm a CEO. I love it. I love it. Um, oh, so yeah. yeah, this is exciting. Yes. Well, I've had a lovely time uh, and I'm glad you did come on. Um, the last thing I want to talk to you about mm-hmm. is the third song you sang for us, which is a previous single. Mm-hmm. It's one of the older ones, Heartbreaker. Yes, correct. Um, so tell me about Heartbreaker. It, it felt more like a ballad. It felt more mm. emotional, um, more personal. Yes, or? yes. Tell me about that. Yes, as I said, I started writing it uh, a couple of years ago. And and so, yeah, it's called Heartbreaker. I think I was musing on the concept about how, like, when people say Heartbreaker, sometimes they use it as a compliment so like sometimes you see mm. like children and they'll say oh this one's gonna grow up mm-hmm. to be a heartbreaker and it's like why do you want somebody to grow up to be a heartbreaker there should be a builder of hearts not a destroyer <laughs> of hearts why is that a compliment but this idea that if you actually go from relationship to relationship breaking people's hearts then there's probably actually something broken in you um and i think my 20s a lot of my 20s were a lot of time of like confusion and even though I was in relationships where I did have people there's that thing of if you yourself don't feel whole you can't really contribute to a unit or you can't be fully present or or anything sort of life-giving in that unit and so there's in the bridge I say I don't need you to rescue me I just need myself to be whole 
the love you bring is too empty. I need a love that can satisfy my soul. Um, and I think that, again, is speaking about my spiritual journey in mm. that I believe that there is something in me, there's a longing in me that can only be satisfied by God, that can only be satisfied by Jesus. And I need that before I can. I need to be whole before I can then go into a relationship and for it to be to be fruitful. Mm. I need to be who I'm meant to be before I can be with somebody. Lyrics. Mm. I need to find me. Um, and so, yeah, it was it was a very sort of personal song about my mm. 20s. I'm so glad I'm not in my 20s anymore. <laughs> it gets better, guys. <laughs> Get to 30 plus. This is where it's happening. And on that note, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the Alpha Sessions. Um, everybody out there, listen to the new single, Let Me Back to You, buy the books there's a lot there's a lot going on keep an eye out um thank you so much thank you i'm a heartbreaker i'll break your heart in two i'm a heartbreaker i won't be good for you As fast as you can, don't even think of becoming my man, cause I burn. Move, move, get out of my way, listen closely to what I have to say, I burn.